Cosy Consulting Podcast. You can find us online anytime at cosyconsultingllc.com. And now, here's your host, Sarah Cosy. Hello, hello, and thanks for tuning in. In this bonus episode, I was thinking about a video that Russell Brand released recently called You Will Obey. Now, in that video, he talks more about Tony Blair and Blair's appearance at Davos to speak on digital infrastructure and the need for digital IDs. And more specifically, the necessity of the powers that be needing to know who has had the stabby wabbies and who hasn't. How many of the stabbies have they had? Are they up to date on the stabby wabbies or have they just declined altogether? And in a fairly terrifying clip that Russell shows, you have Tony Blair talking about how there will be more pandemics in the future. And those forthcoming pandemics will require probably a series of stabby wabbies. So it's going to be really important for people to know who's had the stabbies and who hasn't. So obviously, um, that's awful. That, That certainly doesn't sound like good news coming down the pike. In the other video that I've linked to that Russell had on his Rumble channel, he's really pondering this question of MSM versus misinformation. What's even the difference anymore? And they play this dystopian, sad, depressing clip. It's supposed to be a human interest story. I guess we're all just supposed to smile and feel good about it. But it's this fairly depressing clip of a delivery driver for one of the major companies who falls into a septic tank. And he winds up being like six feet under the ground in this sewage hole. And he describes having to claw himself up using the roots of the plants that he can grab onto and his grip strength so that he can get out. And he goes home and takes a shower to get the waste off of his body. And then he gets back in the truck and finishes out his deliveries. And as Russell is talking about, like, why is that the story? Why, why is the story focused on the fact that this man fell down into a hole, but hey, he got up, he took a shower, and he went back to work? Why are we not talking about labor practices? Why are we not talking about why would someone fall into a pit of sewage and then feel like they had damn well better take a shower and then get back to it that day, buddy boy? It's weird, isn't it? kind of the narratives that we're supposed to focus on. Now, I don't get into politics on this show. I'm not going to make any commentaries about the stabby wabbies or what really goes on behind the scenes at Davos. Also in the episode on Rumble, there's a very interesting, um, perhaps terrifying interview that we see later on that particular episode where a journalist is talking about the financier I will not name we all know who who it is the financier who was guilty of not only finance crimes but he was a pervert a pretty prolific pervert and also did a lot of bad horrible unspeakable despicable things to women and to underaged girls very terrifying information 
I'm not going to get into any of that. I feel like Russell is right in this pocket, the same sort of pocket of understanding you are being told to sit down and shut up. Just zip it. Just hush your mouth and do what you're told. Don't ask a lot of questions. Don't worry about anything. If the narratives being put forth seem to be contradictory, weird, bizarre, nonsensical, then just hush. Go on and focus on your celebrity gossip and your reality shows, and you just don't worry about this. For me, my bellwether, my area of expertise is the job market. So I'm not going to come on here and talk about politics and who's doing this and that and the stabby wabbies and Tony Blair's uh, very scary video there from Davos or the financier. I feel like all of those things are worth your time to watch if you see fit. But for my purposes, it just it hits my ear so much like, okay, the same topics that Russell gets into on his channels dovetail in with what's going on with the greater economic picture, as well as the weird conflicting information that we get about the job market, where you are asked to believe that we still have a 3.5 or 3.7% unemployment rate. If someone gets laid off, well, hey, you shouldn't feel too bad for them because they rebound quickly and they get an even higher paying job and everything is going to be all right. And we get these weird, cutesy names about the great resignation has turned into the great recontemplation or the great recalibration. And we have a slow session. Now, see, we're also being told that we might have a rolling recession. I'll drop a link to this article, which you can find on the National Retail Federation. In this, we find... At NRF 2023, retail's big show, NRF Chief Administrative Officer and General Counsel Stephanie Martz dove right into a wide-ranging financial conversation with a question on many minds. Are we facing a deep, lasting recession or a soft landing? It doesn't look like either, according to Liz Ann Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist with Charles Schwab, who believes we're in a form of recession already. I've just been calling it a rolling recession, she said, end quote. Yeah, we are in in a recession already. Whether you want to call it a slow session, whether you want to say it's a form of a recession, what, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, no wonder Russell is asking the question, what is the difference between the MSM and just flat out misinformation? <laughs> We're getting to the point where you can't even watch a human interest story and get anything meaningful out of it. We're just supposed to seal clap that some poor man fell into a sewage hole, but he took his shower and he got right back in that truck and delivered those packages. (laughs) Yeah. So whatever nomenclature, however we want to fancy it up, just a second, because my rams are playing on the back porch and it sounds like they're trying to um, start off the, the next apocalypse. Okay, I don't. I think they're going to be all right while I'm here. Whatever nomenclature, whatever cutesy wootsy terms that we want to put on it, it's like, aren't we just putting lipstick on a pig? Let's just call it for what it is. Yes, we're in a recession, and yes, we have been for months now. I don't think that we need to keep 
obscuring reality from people. There ha- there has to be a reason for that. There has to, has to, has to be a reason. In my opinion, in my mind, there has to be a reason for all this. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. All right, so I'm going to read a little bit more from this NFR article. Whether it's officially declared a recession by the National Bureau of Economic Research, Saunders said, that's almost academic at this point. Mm-hmm. Regarding the labor market, Saunders said some interesting things are going on below the surface. If you just look at the headlines, how many payroll jobs were created last month? What's the unemployment rate? It leaves you with the impression that the labor market is still very strong, she said. The problem is, if you just peel one layer of the onion back, you can see some cracks. For instance, hours worked. What many companies are doing, particularly those that have hourly workers, they want to hang on to their employees, but they're cutting hours. That's indicative of a weaker demand environment. What the Fed ideally wants to do, Saunders believes, is crush job openings, but not cause a huge spike in the unemployment rate. It's a pretty narrow hole in the needle they're trying to thread, end quote. Well, in some respects, we are in agreement, yes. If you look at the veneer, if all you're doing is just sort of mindlessly scrolling and you're seeing tidbits and snippets and headlines, of course, you may very well think that the labor market is still rooting and tooting and going strong. I'm sort of imagining old W, just rooting and tooting. It's going strong, train it. (laughs) Okay, anyway, no, no politics, no politics. So if you just look superficially at these headlines, yeah, you're going to think, okay, everything's fine. Until a layoff or a job loss or a company closure visits your house, you're going to think that everything is fine. But I also agree with what she says. When you peel back just one layer of the onion, you realize that's not the case. Now, where I diverge from this opinion is this idea that the Fed wants to crush job openings but not cause a huge spike in the unemployment rate. To me, this is sort of like the analogy that she uses. Okay, fair enough. On the face of it, sure. In reality, as soon as you peel the first layer of the onion back, you're going to realize that's simply not the case. They already said last year they want to see unemployment go up. They already said they want to see wages stagnate. So I don't personally believe that they are going to avoid a huge spike in the unemployment rate. I don't see that happening. I'm sorry, I don't. That's going to hurt a lot of people. And it's like, why in the hell do you think I've been so passionate about being here and, and on my blog and on Medium and wherever some reporter is willing to stick a microphone in my face and say, hey, can we talk to you about the job market? Yes. Yes. Like Stephen Toast. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. Yes. I am trying to get the word out as best as I possibly can because... I just foresee so much trouble, people hurting, people not knowing how they're going to pay their bills, people hitting their own personal debt ceiling. That's the thing. What are you going to do if the credit card cuts you off? You've hit your limit and that's it. You need to start making these minimum payments or you've got a problem, bud. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle that? So many people in this country live paycheck to paycheck. 
And no, they don't have some robust amount of money in savings. You know, on that broadcast that I put out on Friday about, oh, well, there's this new um, Merrill Lynch account where the opening amount is $100,000. Yeah, most people are not in the situation where they can go and stuff a hundred grand into some kind of money market account or an investment account and wait for the high yield interest to kick in. No, that's not the average working class person in this country. Some people may not have a hundred dollars to put by, let alone a hundred thousand dollars. But yet instead of being told, in my opinion, good, comprehensive, adequate information in the mainstream media. You just get hot air and hopium and slick terms and cutesy nomenclature put around it. You weren't even allowed to know, uh oh, the labor market is maybe not so hot after all until January 23rd. Meanwhile, I was on here months ago telling you what I saw in real time in the job market every single day. I warned you last April that the pendulum was going to swing and that when it did, the balance of power was going to go right on back to corporate America and right away from you. If you didn't have ears to hear at that point in time, maybe you weren't ready to accept that reality. I am sorry, but I hope to God that you have woken up now. I hope you have the job loss survival plan in place, or if you freelance or own and operate your own business, I hope that you have a plan B, C, D, E, F. Do you have some other way of stirring up money? If the current way goes away for a while, maybe not for forever, or maybe you feel like you're just getting crumbs, the freelancing opportunities being presented to you are frankly not great, or they're not enough to cover your basics, do you have a plan B? I feel like it's so important to be prepared and not scared, to be thinking about things ahead of time so that you're not having to contemplate them out in a mad panic when you're freaking out and maybe your spouse is also freaking out or you may have children at home that are dependent on you to put food on the table and they're scared. The more prepared you can be, I think the better off you can be. At least you have some kind of solid footing going into an economic crisis, as opposed to the person who's like the old Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote cartoons where the Acme company Anvil gets pushed off the cliff and it's like, smack, uh-oh, didn't see that coming. I think it's better in most cases if you can be prepared ahead of a crisis or ahead of a problem. I don't tell you what to do. I don't give advice. I sit here and opine for your entertainment only. But I certainly see the parallels between what Russell is talking about. You will obey. You're going to do what we tell you to do. Just sit down and shut up. Quit asking questions. We're going to go to our meeting where all of the rich and powerful and, you know, meaningful people in this world rub shoulders and they have their lectures and their conferences. And we're going to decide. In the meantime, if we tell you to get back to the cube farm, that's what you better do. If we tell you that you need to go and cross-pollinate downtown and spend money in the cafes and buy stuff in the shops, then damn it, you need to get down there and do that. If we tell you that we want to create digital infrastructure and a CBDC, then you need to go along with it. Don't ask any questions. Just go along with it. Get back in the queue. 
If we tell you to stay home, then we'll send you home with a laptop and you'll be allowed to work from home when we tell you it's okay to. But otherwise, get back in the cube and hush. Just sit down and shut up. That really feels like where we're at. What, whatever phase in the recession this is, the sit down, shut up, and don't ask any questions phase, I feel like that's where we're at. And yet, how can you not have questions? I have so many questions, believe me, about why was it that on January 23rd, after Davos wrapped up and concluded, why is it that we were then in the public, us unwashed masses of, you know, the lesser thans, why is it that we were finally allowed to know that the labor market was actually not so great? Okay, well, no, mm -mm, it's not really a worker's market anymore. It's an employer's market, and they are asserting their dominance over you. Better kind of do what they say. Why was it that day instead of some other day? I don't know. I don't know. I just hope and pray that you were prepared so that none of this happened to you by accident. None of it hit your ear in a way that felt funny and unexpected. In fact, I hope that you sat back and chuckled and said, well, I was listening to this woman who told me this was coming. She knew it. She hit that nail right on the head. I hope so. As for me, I mean, yeah, I, it gives me a headache to even contemplate the, the just sit down and shut up. You're going to obey. Just sit down and shut up and let us decide what's better for you. Particularly if you watch that entire video from Rumble that I've dropped the link to about the, the financier, we all know who he was, who he was connected with, what he was doing, how many different things he was really involved in before we ever even become aware of any of his perversion, the types of things that he was doing in terms of criminal activities, even beyond the sex crimes people he was affiliating with, the circles he traveled in. I mean, it's just so disturbing. And to think about, well, those people are the swells. Those people are so much smarter than you. They're so much better than you. So, you know, like, you really should just get in the cube. You really should just submit to feudalism 2.0 because we just know what's better for you. <laughs> Strange days indeed. Stay safe, stay sane, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a quick second to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.